The People's Show on the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. Here's Big Nazar and Randy Jander. Final hour of the People's Show. Vic Nazar, Randy Janda, Dominic Schramatti, home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. You can text in, as you always do, part of the show, to the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. The smart alternative is at Dunbar Lumber on Bridge Street in Ladner, Arbutus in Vancouver, online at DunbarLumber.com. What are they saying in the inbox, Randy? All right, we got uh, we got some don't at me submissions coming in. Yep, we're gonna get to those in about fifteen minutes time. Jeffro is providing evidence of backing Big Six. Twenty dollars down on the Rams, and he took the over. Pays fifty two bucks. We can laugh at them tomorrow. I- I'm more of a hashtag never parlay kind of person, but nevertheless, look, you do you. He's he's saying nobody's gonna be laughing at you. Yeah, people are gonna I, be laughing at, at. Appreciate the support. People will be laughing at me and my followers who are trashing Big Six is what Jeff was saying. I'm with it. I'm with it. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm Man, tomorrow's going to be rough because like I haven't confirmed the next five picks, but if I take an L today, it, it's going to rattle my confidence going into You're going to be like that boxer that you know has, has got the shaky legs. Yes. Like You're gonna be in the corner, hanging onto the ropes. It, 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 it'll just be a jab that got through, but it'll put me back into the corner. George Foreman versus Michael Moore. <laughs> just the the jab through the middle, <laughs> and yeah, it, it'll it'll stun me, and I'll have to rebound off the ropes and come out swinging again. But I, I think I'll be a little bit nervous if I don't pick. Okay, up. I, I have, don't start the season with the dub. I'm actually heading out for dinner during the game, so I'm gonna keep it like. Oh my! Goodness. I'm gonna be that guy. I made You're plans text with me. You, you, you I made plans happen? without realizing that the NFL. Like gonna... I made them well in advance. I'm that guy. That happens. I, I'm not even roasting you about that. But you're gonna text me more about tonight's game than you did during Arsenal United. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, we had a little bit of banter during yeah. Arsenal Man United. This one, if the Bills are up, like, 21 zip after the first half, oh, we might do an Instagram live, Vic. Please, no. Just won't accept the uh, <laughs> the request. Just let me cry into the couch on my own. <laughs> a lot of thoughts coming into the uh, inbox as well over uh, Dolph Ziggler. Uh People really want to see Bruce Boudreaux at this uh, event here with Kevin Owens. I don't know, maybe. Mike and Cloverdale come in with this. Bruce Boudreaux in a King Kong Bundy suit makes a special guest appearance to help Kevin Owens win a match. The fans will lose it. Oh, yeah. And, okay, Bruce could, could do anything in this city and they lose it. Pandemonium if Boudreaux showed up at that event. There would be pandemonium. KO gets the dub. If our next guest also showed up and backed up his big talk that right. he had on these airwaves about winning a Sportsnet 650 Royal Rumble. Yes, I'm talking about when Chris Faber. This is our chance to try to pull that off, Faber. We can go to the Saturday Night Main Event on the 24th, WWE coming to town, and uh, we can finally do the Battle Royale. Guys, I went to the gym before my morning hit with uh, oh, Halford okay. and Bruff yesterday, so I am absolutely prepared for that. Never mind. I'm, I'm withdrawing my entry into the uh, <laughs> Battle Royale. Take a good beating. I don't mind. I mean, I didn't realize two-a-days were happening in the Faber uh, workout regimen or, or something like that. I, I, I'm on the no-a-day workout plan right now. Oh yeah, babe. I I'm so uh, so jealous. You guys got to have uh, Dolph on there to chat. Like he, uh, 
I remember back when I was in my like mid twenties, we got like on a real WWE kick, and he was always like, it was so fun to watch him because he was the he was like, what do they call it, the babyface type of thing? Like yeah, he yeah. always came in and you know would just be like to kind of end an episode, just like kicking a heel in the head, like it was it was a blast, and he was one of our favorites uh, favorites to. Uh, to- We'll uh, try to reconnect there with uh, Chris Faber. Didn't realize Faber was a Dolph Ziggler guy, though. Heel Ziggler coming after him. We're like, well, don't be one of my favorites. I'll cancel your connection. Didn't realize Faber was a wrestling guy. And on top of that, had a, uh, a Dolph Ziggler take. There you go. You learned something new. We're for it. We're for it. Uh, we'll reconnect with uh, Chris Faber in just a second. So one of the things we're, we're going to talk to him about. Uh, all right. He is back. Uh, Tucker Poolman was on the ice, Faber. Uh, a welcome addition, uh, seeing back on the ice today, because there's a, there's a lot of thoughts on him of a, you know, we're we're trying to project the blue line, but it's also about his own personal health and like, can you play? Yeah, I mean, most definitely. It, it was kind of strange because Patrick Alvin told us on Tuesday that uh, you know the last he heard was that he was skating and he. he... All right, technical difficulties with Chris Faber there. So we or, can't talk about Dolph Ziggler. We can't talk about Tucker Pullman. Or, 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 or maybe Patrick Alvin was like, keep that stuff under wraps. I'll put you through a chair. All right, we're going to reconnect with uh, What would Patrick Alvin's finishing move be called? And find out who his ghetto uh, internet provider is. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to find that out with favor. What kind of cheap-ass plan is he on right now? <laughs> oh, okay, Chris Faber on the phone now. What's up, Faber? <laughs> I was hoping for like the Undertaker music to play there for a second. <laughs> Coming back. Um, so Tucker Pullman, that's who you want still? Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, we want. Like, no, we're going back uh, to Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, okay, perfect. Uh, I mean, it, it was good to see him on the ice. Like I said, you know, Alvin mentioned that uh, he's heard that he was skating. And I, I still wondered if, you know, when were we going to see him? Was it just going to be training camp? Um, and it kind of shocked me or today. I mean, I'm, I'm watching the skate. I'm counting the players. And today was the the most players we've seen on the ice at one of these summer skates, there were 16. So I'm kind of trying to look at numbers on the back of helmets. And I'm thinking like, oh, that's a pretty big right shot defenseman there. Uh, and yeah, it turns out to be Tucker Pullman and he was taking part in all the drills. I mean, you don't see a ton of contact out here at these summer skates, but there was no limitation from him to, you know, be able to, to push on some guys and lean on some guys in certain drills here. And yeah, it's just good to see the guy back on the ice for himself personally. And I think for the Canucks as well, like you said, uh, this could change a lot of what the third pairing looks like. I mean, I don't know what a third pairing of Jack Rathbone and Travis Dermott looks like defensively, but if Tucker Pullman's able to get back to the level where he's actually just an NHL defenseman, I, I don't think he's a bad option on the third pairing. I mean, you can argue the contract, you can say it's too long, you can say it's too much, but in my eyes, he's, he's still a decent third pairing right shot defenseman if you have to play him in that role. Yeah, health is the most important. But when we talk about, you know, his fit on a right hand side, which doesn't really have that much other than, you know, Tyler Myers and Luke Shen does a great job for his role. But at some point you want to see other players take a step. What do we want to see from Tucker Pullman? Because I felt like, you know, there are moments, maybe a, just a few moments where he looked pretty good, but there was a lot of, you just want him to make that decision a little bit quicker, maybe simplify his game. Would you agree? A, a better Tucker Pullman looks like just he's not doing as much. He's not taking in as many chances. Yeah, exactly. And, th- and that's kind of why I like him in a role with uh, Travis Dermott or a Jack Rathlin. If, if that's who he's playing with on a third pairing, you don't really have to rely on him to make a lot of those breakout passes or be the guy skating the puck past the blue line out of his own end. Like you, you just want him to kind of sit at home and do the things that I think, 
you know, he wasn't uh, wasn't really praised as his all-around game when he played in Winnipeg, but I mean, he he did do certain things at a level that made you kind of think that his fit might help the Canucks in a certain way. And, and those are the things of just being a quiet right shot defenseman who can, you know, get the puck out and try not to rely on him to just move the puck so much. I, I really like a guy like, you know, if, if, and this is all kind of saying, you know, if we're getting back to Tucker Pullman at his regular level, he's got to play NHL games. He's got to see the speed, but if you're getting the Tucker Pullman of past, uh, he feels like a good partner for Jack Rathman to kind of come into the NHL as with his partner, or even if Travis Dermott kind of plays that and wins that role, like he, he could be the guy who gets to see a little bit more offense. I, I talked to Dermott last week and he, he was saying like, this is, I think his fifth or sixth time coming into an NHL camp now. Uh, and every single camp he's gone in there and said, you know, I want to work on my defense. I want to be better defense. And he told me this year, like that's not really his focus. He's had conversations with Bruce Boudreaux throughout the summer and, Boudreaux told him, like, listen, there's offense in your game. Like, go ahead and do that. Lean into what you're good at. So if it is Travis Dermott on that third pairing, it, it does give him an opportunity to be more of that offensive guy that he wants to be if he's playing with someone who has the same skill set and strength as Tucker Pullman. We were talking yesterday on the show of trying to explore the upside of what that defense looks like because I feel like the break glass in case of emergency scenario is, all right, let's just put Hughes and Shen together. We've seen it work, and you can always just go back to it. But I'm not sure you can get to the upside of what the defense can be. And, and by can be, I just mean league average. Um, it, like If you're trying to craft out like what the upside argument could be on the blue line, who do you pair together there? <laughs> Uh, I mean, the only way I could really think of upside is something of like if Quinn Hughes and Oliver Ekman Larson work, as sure, a pairing, yeah. and that's and that's your first pairing, right? Like that's that's the only way I can really see like an upside is if you're able to kind of get first pairing minutes out of OEL, um, and that role for him isn't to me as the left shot main offensive guy. It would be if he's able to adjust his game and be the defensive guy who plays with Quinn Hughes. So that's that's kind of the only upside I look at when I think of offense. And then you kind of really have to think that one of Dermot or Rathbone fits so well with Tyler Myers and it just works, but it's in a similar spot of like, I know this is something that we've talked about for years here is like a lot of these defensemen that the Canucks have are, I don't want to even say more offensive minded, just not so defensive minded. Right. And I think we saw an adjustment a little bit last year in Oliver Ekman Larson's game and Tyler Myers and like, heck they, they held up pretty good as kind of the shutdown pairing. If you split them up, can you still trust them to both be your shutdown guys, but in different roles now? I think that would be the way of like, if you're going for, you know, the home run swing and you want to just the defense where everything works out perfectly for you and you're getting your best. Yeah. I would think they would be Quinn Hughes and OEL as your top pairing. And then, you know, Jack Rathbone really taking a step and being the guy playing with Tyler Myers to round out your top four. Like that's, that's, you know, pie in the sky thinking, but that is the home run if everything plays out correctly for me. There are limited options in terms of getting players from free agency. Obviously, you have to look at the, the league minimum area, but Calvin DeHaan's name has been out there. Anton Strollman is still a guy out there, older. He played some minutes in Arizona, but you know we know what that team was. Do any of those names, or even off the board, intrigue you as a, a depth add? Yeah, at the right price, for sure. Um, I think at the right price, you can talk about that. I mean, if DeHaan comes in, it's it's a real big uphill battle for me to see Jack Rathbone making this lineup, right? I mean, you have some, some NHL players here now on this lineup and, and Tucker Pullman coming back even adds to that. I mean, um, I, I think you could go for depth at the right price. And, you know, the way that we're at right now, I mean, we're, what, two weeks away now, just over that from training camp. But there, there are going to be some of these players who are still available thinking, like, damn, I just got to go play somewhere. And do players look at Vancouver and specifically a guy like DeHaan or Strawman and think, 
hey, you know, if I, if I play really good hockey, there's a chance like I could maybe be skating with Quinn Hughes. And I don't think there's a lot of positions around the NHL that these specific free agents are looking at and being like, you know, I, I could be a guy who signs for like no money and comes in for one year, but they're not going out and playing with the top pairing guy. Like DeHaan's not looking at, at Colorado and being like, hmm, maybe if things break the right way, I'm going to play with Kale McCarr. Like that just sounds crazy. But in Vancouver, because of the situation the defense court is at, like anybody could play with Quinn Hughes. Luke Shen kind of came out of nowhere and was the partner uh, that we saw all of last season. Like the, I, I think there might be some interest from these players just seeing how the defense core is kind of shaping out here in Vancouver where there could be big opportunities for them to play one season, prove that they can be guys that are, you know, top four players potentially still and maybe hit the big home run in next year's offseason. Uh, well, we'll get a better look at training camp of someone like Andre Kuzmenko, but your first uh, impression seeing him on the ice? Oh, I mean, yeah, if he brings that stiff arm out that he was doing on the kids <laughs> the other day, he's going to be excellent. Uh, yeah, like – he, he's, he looks like he's having so much fun out there, and, and that's kind of nice to see because I think, you know, making the adjustment uh, to North America, not a, not only just the NHL, but living in North America. This is a guy who's been in the KHL his whole career, been in Russia his whole life. I mean, this is a spot where it looks like he's really happy to be here in Vancouver. And as for what he does on the ice, I've had no questions from watching him at these skates. And I get it. It's, you know, these skates, like I think Neil Tuglander looks amazing too. Do I think he's going to take a top nine spot? I don't know, but, you know, because Menko looks at these skates like he's he, he's got the hands that I expected to see. He's got the speed that I expected to see. Um, everything just skill-wise that you see at these kind of skates has, has been impressive so far. Uh, the big question is still always, and it should be for everybody coming over from the KHL, is what do they look like in situations where you have to give more effort in the neutral zone? How do you disrupt against NHL competition? Because I, I don't have a lot of questions about the defensive play that Kuzmenko showed in the KHL, but it's such a different league, man. There is such higher talent up and down the line up here in the NHL where, you know, some of these fourth line players would be first line guys in the KHL, like a good amount of them would be. And to see Kuzmenko make that adjustment of him battling against third line guys in the KHL to now potentially facing top six competition in the NHL, the speed, the, the time that guys close in on from the forward group, what you see through the neutral zone with just, Chris passes like uh, there is still going to be an adjustment period for the actual pace of the game that he's going to have to adjust to. But everything that we've seen so far, I really like the release on his shot. Uh, I think that's kind of been the thing that actually getting to watch him in person has probably impressed me the most because I don't think there's a lot of question about him making good, strong NHL passes or, you know, even moving at the NHL speed. Uh, it's been the shot that's kind of stuck out a little bit. And even today watching him kind of wire some one timers, like, you know, that's another piece that's in his arsenal there. And I think for a lot of, players like you know he's got a slap shot that looks like it's absolutely an NHL slap shot and you can kind of see that like I, you guys know I spend a lot of time at the AHL games I see the way that some of these guys shoot the puck and I'm like okay well they're not gonna be NHLers the way that they shoot the puck just isn't strong enough to get goals in the NHL I, I don't have that question about Kuzmenko like his shot looks like it's gonna be able to beat goaltenders at the NHL level so you know competition is, is increased this year on the wings and that was kind of the theme with uh, your chat with when Niels Hoaglander How's he feeling about that battle that's coming? Because, you know, he's been a talking point in this city all summer long. Where does he, you know, sit in the lineup? Does he have the trust of the organization? What's the mentality of Niels Hoaglander coming into this training camp? Uh, I mean, he's always in a good mood. I think uh, people that have talked to him or seen him in the media lately. He's always a smiley guy. Uh, the big thing that he kept saying and repeatedly was just how excited he was, right? I mean, 
he thought that he was making adjustments under Bruce Boudreaux before he got injured. He thought that those adjustments were going to help get him more ice time. Um, but still, the guy was, you know, under Travis Green, he's playing 14 and a half minutes under Bruce Boudreaux. He had seven of his 35 games be under 10 minutes of ice time. I mean, that's 20% of the games that he played under Boudreaux. He doesn't even get to 10 minutes. So there, there is going to need to be an adjustment for him. And I think I, I think back to the quote last year that Boudreaux said of, you know, he could be a guy who scores 40 in the NHL with all of his skill, but if he isn't going to score 40, he's got to work in the back end. And it's not about just the work ethic that Huglander has. I don't think a lot of people even question that. It's more about does he leave the zone early? Does he float at times when he really needs to be engaged? And I think he's the type of player that is going to work as hard as he can to make sure that doesn't happen. And I think getting an opportunity to chat with him, I, I found it interesting that he mentioned uh, just seeing the game from from a different point of view. He said he watched all of his guys skate in those final about 20 games or so. Uh, and I do think that even you could hear from Pod Colson last year who mentioned it, like how different it was being able to take in the game from that point of view. Like, think about it. Like, players that grow up in North America when they're kids and they're even teenagers, they can go watch NHL games and see what it's like. And for, for players in Sweden and Russia and these guys from Europe, they, they don't get to watch NHL games in person ever. They're Normally, if they get here, they're playing in those games. So uh, I think being up there to see maybe how hard certain guys work, how Pedersen works in the defensive zone, how a guy like Pod Colson works so hard, I think that might have maybe clicked something with Huglander. But for him, like he, he's he got a positive uh, outlook on the season coming up here. And it was interesting to hear him say that he, he's, he wants the competition, right? Like he wants to be in this competition for a top nine spot. And the competition is going to do nothing but help the team. I think that's the way that the forward group should be looking at this. They should be looking at this, not like, oh, we have so much depth here that, you know, somebody's going to have to maybe go to the A or play on a fourth line. They should be looking at it like, I want to keep my spot in the top nine. I want to be playing with the best players, though we have, you know, 10 or 11 guys that can probably play in that top nine. If the players are hungry and need to stay in that spot and want to put up these points, that's only going to benefit the team in the end. Faber, we appreciate it, man. Uh, Excited, and we'll uh, talk soon. Absolutely, guys. Let me know when you set up the 650 ring. I'm making a comeback. Let's All right, go. there we go. Let's go. It, it'll be well after I get some workouts in. How about that? Yeah, most definitely. I, I don't think I'm going to be working out any time before uh, the Halford and Bruff show again. Though. That was kind of a mistake. <laughs> I was that. sleeping at like 830. I was back for a nap at that point. <laughs> get that <laughs> right, sour cream and lasagna in, though. Get, get one or two rounds of that. I'm sorry. Wait, what? You don't know about this? Sour cream and lasagna? That's, that's uh, one of Faber's go-to combos. Faber, yeah. man. Sometimes I worry about you, man. Sometimes well, I worry like, about you. Well, it's like it's the same thing. Like sour cream's pretty much creme fraiche, right? You would throw uh, the little creme fraiche on your sour cream or whatever, ricotta. Not that different. <laughs> okay, you kind of have a point there. That's fair. So no, yeah. we don't. And but, I've uh, seen these people now. They're they're saying that make like healthy cheese sauces. They're they're blending up cottage cheese. Have you guys seen this? No, no. Oh man, they're blending up cottage cheese to make all these like healthy cheese sauces all of a sudden. And I, I like cottage cheese. I don't think it's like the worst thing in the world. I know it's like probably one of the most hated like foods that you can buy at like mm-hmm. a superstore. I, I, I think it's fine. Yeah. I, I think it's fine too. Like, uh, you know, I, and I, I don't know. It's just, people are blending it up now and making it in cheese sauces. Like the internet's lost their mind. Hmm. Says the guy that combines sour cream and anyway. lasagna together. Anyway. Yeah. Get we love you regardless, man. All right. Even a, you put a little sweet baby raisin in there. Now we're talking. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> about it. Chris Faber from Canucks Army. We'll talk soon, pal. See you guys. Chris Faber joining us at Chris Faber 39 on Twitter. All right, a little bit behind, but let's get to it. Do it every day here on the show. Don't at me. Your takes uninterrupted. Don't at me.
Text in your submissions to 650-650. It's brought to you by Lease Busters. Get out of your vehicle lease with ease, confidence, and a Lease Busters leasing specialist who guides you through the journey. Go to leasebusters.com to start the process today. Don't at me. Rager already coming in here, 650-650. But McCaffrey potentially being injured already is alarming. So I'm going to lower the temperature for everyone that's concerned here. So first report has came in that he got a scratch on his leg, and so he missed snaps. On his shin. yeah, Uh, On his shin. So he missed some snaps. He was still a full participant in practice. The thing for injury designations to remember is if you miss any time, they have to put you on the injury report. So if you miss like one snap, you got to go on the injury report. He's listed as probable, but you have to go on the injury report. That's all it is. I get that. But remember, like, when Chris Tanner was in Vancouver, and if he was taken off the ice for any reason, everybody feared the worst. Sure. McCaffrey is the elite running back version of that. He's, like, the exact same. Yeah. So I, I understand that. I, if I'm Dan I'm Riccio, not too concerned about If I'm Dan Riccio, who took McCaffrey first overall, I'm very worried. Very worried. I, I have McCaffrey in some leagues. I'm not worried at all. Okay. All right. No fear. I got one here. Don't at me. Jacob DeGrom will be the most dominant pitcher of all time when he's done. Wow. And the reason I say that is, I understand. That's what this segment is for. And the reason I say that is, more strikeouts than any pitcher ever already. The second lowest ERA at 2.48 in the live ball era, Tom Seaver is the only one that has a lower ERA. The lowest ERA in any ballpark in the live ball era, 2.07 at City Field. The next best is 2.19 and Bick. The lowest batting average allowed the first time through a lineup in the live ball era, which is 181. This guy is elite. If he can stay healthy, and that's a big if, for the next couple years, and he puts this together, he is the most dominant pitcher that we have seen. Question. It's just an automatic W. Question. What's up? Why is a Yankee fan standing for a Mets pitcher? Hey, real recognize real. There's a part of me that wishes he was with the Yankees, but he stayed on. I real recognize real, man. I can hate all I what want, happens? but the guy is the guy I mean, is so good that you want him on your team. Yesterday, here I was stumping for Jurgen Klopp. It's a United person stumping for a weird Liverpool times. manager. Yeah, weird, weird times. times. You're on the people's show. But real, recognize real. That's what happens. Uh, 650, 650. Jeffro, don't at me. The Yahoo Fantasy Report cards can kiss my you-know-what. Yeah. They said the honor roll is out of my reach. Hey, Yahoo, I am the honor roll. I guess Jeffro didn't get a good uh, report card from the People Show Fantasy Football Draft. I got a C plus. That seems very rehearsed. I am the honor roll. That seems yeah. like years of just disappointment in school. That's uh, that's Entourage. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, I'm not a big Entourage guy. I watched it. I forgot about it. But yeah, that the report cards you get from fantasy sites. Yeah. I've never won. Hogwash. I've never won with an A rating. Yeah. I've won with an F rating. Yeah. But I've never won. Yeah, I've won with a C minus. You yeah. always, no. you almost want a poor rating. I, I would rather stick in the B to F. B minus to D plus range is where I want to stick. Give me an F. Let me prove the haters. I wrong. mean, that's really scary. I had so I build my own ranks and everything, and of course some, you and do. some friends don't just like day of like, hey, can you send me some ranks and I'll send it to them. Then one of them replied back. They're like, "Hey, I got an F, and my projected record is zero and fourteen. Should I be worried?" I was like, "Maybe." <laughs> That's a little alarming. That's a little alarming. Got a lot of food takes coming in all of a sudden. I think the Faber yeah. Faber uh, mentioned Rush in Burnaby coming in with. Don't at me, but ketchup belongs on pasta. 
Is Roche? Huh? Eddie Lack? It's rough. It's a... Not a, I'm not a huge fan of that take, mm. but it's don't at me. Ketchup on pasta? No, that's a no for me, dog. Uh, also, Minor Matt, cottage cheese doused with hot sauce is a fantastic chip dip. Don't at me. Hey, by the way, we talked yesterday. Uh, KFC chips. The KFC chips. Yep. Original recipe uh, chicken. Yes. A friend texted me, heard it on the show, texted me. Uh, they found a location that has those. Oh. So I will, so try, out. To, I will try to procure those. And uh, tomorrow, Monday, I will bring them in. Let's match it up with the Manchester United kit that I have to wear next week. Oh, yeah. I Maybe I'll that. use the, oh. the kit as a, a napkin. And you got to bring it in. Original recipe oh, all please over please it. don't do that. No, no. It's, it's, it's a heritage thing. We need the visuals. I'm actually concerned. I <laughs> no, I won't. We'll make sure it's on a different day. Mick's like, I, I, I refrain. I'm not doing this. <laughs> I got real worried real fast there. I was like, you would do that. No, okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. Alistair and Clearwater. Ooh, this is not going to be a popular take. But that's what this segment's for. Don't at me. Kuzmenko will be back in Russia by 2023. Oh, oh wow! Alistair in Clearwater. Sometimes I wonder, like, are people even fans, or are they just here, just like for the chaos? They love the chaos. It's not. The they like worst to see the world burn. In the world, it's not. Is it not a 50-50 like, or a 60-40? Are Are you rooting against that? Like, I don't know. We don't know. Alistair could be a Flyers fan for all we know. Who That's knows? Fine. He's just being a realist. Uh, Jeff from Mission. Don't at me. Every time Jeffro texts in, I think I accidentally texted in or forgot. I text in because it almost sounds like Jeff. Okay. Little mistaken identity. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. It's fine. There's there's a lot of people that text in. We got like three Dan in Vancouver's. Uh, Dex, don't at me. Cops intentionally put on their lights just to get through traffic. Oh, that's yes. total. Yes. Totally correct. I have friends that are cops. Uh, some of them as well, and they're they're essentially they've admitted such things. I've seen it happen. It's a flex. I mean, perk of the job. But come on now, I gotta pull over. What fifty percent of the time when it might not even be anything? Fifty. No, but it, it could be authentic. It could be an actual call, and other times it's not. It's just they want to get through a red light. Oh, I see. What you're you know saying. what I'm saying? Uh, six fifty-six. I had 50. friends that were cops. Now they've all abandoned me. Clearly, I got a don't at me. Don't at me. What do you got? Big six crushes this year. Don't at me. Okay, we need a de definition of what crushes mean. Like 57%. Oh, okay. It's crushing. That's, That's not, awesome. That, yo, it's yo. a spread? That's an incredible number. That don't at me wasn't for us. That was for Bic to get confident. Yes. yes. It was like he was 100%. looking in the mirror before a big meeting or a pitch. 57% against the spread is an incredible number. I guess. It's You're coming difficult. out on top. By but how it, much, though? That's like 4% above the number. That's That's tremendous. I guess. Uh, we got one of Vancouver's finest, Brian from Burke Mountain, texting in. 95% of it's authentic. Are we still friends? Noted. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Maybe not 50-50. 95-5 is what Brian from Burke Mountain is 50's saying. a bit harsh, but, I mean, we've all seen it. We've all seen it. Come on. Uh, you know what? I got to I gotta go on a ride along just to see the authenticity. I'm sure Brian would uh, hook that up. Just throw uh, me in the backseat. Keith the water guy, don't at me. Pedersen is the best trade chip to fix the right-hand D and the third line C. Technically, not wrong. That's valid. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to explore that, but technically, Keith the Water Guy would probably be correct. Bold moves. All right. Okay. Uh, we got another one rivaling what Alistair said. Don't at me. Kuzmenko replaces Horvat. In what sense? He's not uh, acting? One yeah, plays on the wing. So. Yeah, so I don't know about that. 
You, maybe on the power play, but that's about it. Five on five, that ain't happening. Oh, I gotta read this one, just because this is definitely speech-to-text gone wrong. JD and Gibsons. Don't at me. Pod Colson and Chris Manko are the new Mogilny Beret. <laughs> Chris Manko. Chris Manko. Is he, a, is he an AHL trial? We don't know. <laughs> Chris Manko. Pod Colson and Chris Manko. Uh, good text coming in. Uh, we'll read a couple more on the other side. Also talk to our guy, Eddie G. You've heard him here on uh, Sportsnet 650. You've heard him in the city for a long time. Uh, he's now the new voice of the Vancouver Giants. He'll join us on the other side. Eddie G uh, here on uh, the home of hockey. Here the Vancouver Canucks. You also hear the Vancouver Giants on these airwaves. So you'll be hearing Eddie G's voice. Uh, oh, doing play-by-play for the Vancouver Giants. Uh, Bick Nazar and Randy Janda. Before we go, remind you about Fido. Back-to-school deals on the latest phones, plans, and much more. Now on at Fido. Visit them in-store or at Fido.ca now. Back in a minute. Home of the Canucks. Sportsnet 650. is The People's Show with Bit Nizar and Randeep Janda. Final segment of The People's Show. Bit Nizar, Randeep Janda, Dominic Shermati. Brought to you by Fido. Back to school deals on the latest phones, plans, and much more are now on at Fido. Visit them in store or at Fido.ca. Mentioned it before we got to break. It's awesome to say this. Joining us now, the new voice of the Vancouver Giants, Eddie Gregory. You've heard him here on Sports Night 650. You've heard definitely us referencing Eddie Gregory a lot. Uh, how awesome is it here to hear that? It does sound pretty cool, Beck. Got to admit. And it's slowly starting to kick in especially since the announcement was made around this time yesterday and spent the a good chunk of the last few days out at the uh Ladner Leisure Center watching a little bit of training camp going out to the Langley Event Center just to take care of some things yesterday so it's slowly starting to kick in and slowly starting to feel real now congratulations Eddie you've uh, worked hard in this business for a long time and before we talk about the Giants you had a, a, a awesome stretch with the Coquitlam Express in the BCHL as well uh Obviously, that's a part of you too. How does it feel to, to leave that organization behind for this great opportunity? It does feel a little odd because, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people saw the note that I posted on social media the last few days. And, you know, I mean, that team means a lot to me mm-hmm. because you don't just spend 20 years with an organization and especially, you know, in an area where I grew up and not have it leave a mark. So I wanted to make sure, you know, that I expressed, pardon the pun, but I wanted to make sure I get my point across of how much that team meant to me because, you know, it opened a lot of doors for me and it opened a lot of opportunities for experiences I could have never, ever imagined, right? And, you know, you get into the business, you want to call games and you have a passion for it and, you know, the opportunity comes and you want to run with it. And I think, you know, even as a broadcaster, you, you want to see the team win and have success, but then all of a sudden, boom, year two, I'm calling games. They're not just winning a league championship, they're winning the whole thing, an mm-hmm. RBC Cup national championship. And, wow, that was truly incredible. And, you know, other opportunities that opened up, most notably going overseas in 2011, like when I was 
19 or whatever. Do you ever think I was going to do that? No way. Not a chance whatsoever. And that was so cool. And winning another or being on the voice for another league championship in 2014. And I've always said this, what could have been in 2020 were it not for COVID when the Express had far and away, well, not far and away, but the best record in the BC Hockey League and were a legitimate national championship contender again than just to have that all ripped away. But just everything that I had with the Express was just an absolutely wonderful experience. And I honestly can't thank so many people there enough. This chance, uh, this opportunity, going to the dub now, Vancouver Giants. Uh, growing up, you know, the dub is a big thing. And obviously, you talk about the profile of the BCHL continues to grow. Very exciting. But this chance, uh, what does this mean to you? And your first thought kind of being like, hey, okay, this is real now. Yeah, I mean, it means a lot. I mean, I've quietly, you know, watched the Vancouver Giants alongside my time with the Coquitlam Express. So, you know, it's, you know, it's the biggest junior hockey team in this area. And, you know, this team means a lot to a lot of people. And this franchise has had a lot of great players and had a lot of great moments. And, you know, you want to respect all that and you want to be respectful and do the right thing for what's going to happen with this team this year. And, you know, they had a good run last year in the postseason. We all know that they had the biggest upset in Western Hockey League history, upsetting the Everett Silver Tips in the first round in seven games, or not six games, rather. And I went to a number of those games at the LEC, and they played really, really well, and they pushed a very, very good Kamloops team to six games, That a Kamloops team that ultimately lost in seven games in the next round to Seattle. So, you know, Vancouver's feeling like they have a lot of key pieces that are coming back from that team and a lot of experience, and now they want to build on it and get better and try and push this team to the next level, and that's going to be a fun thing to watch as the year goes along. Okay, we were talking off air a little bit. You've had a chance to be around the facility, hanging out with the team, uh, you know, getting to know some of the players, some of the younger players as well. Uh, what do you foresee for the next year here with this team? And, and you reference what this team did last year, but more of those guys coming back, some high-skill guys there as well. Yeah, and that's exactly it. I mean, it's probably going to be led by Jesper Weichmann in between the pipes, and he was such a rock for the team last year, especially during the playoffs. I know he's off to Vegas Golden Knights uh, rookie camp here, but, you know, he's expected to be a big piece. Uh, Zach Wostopchuk, personally, he was my favorite player to watch when I went out to go watch Vancouver Giants games last year, and he's off to Ottawa Senators camp. He's a second-round pick, and, you know, even just watching Wostopchuk in one of the uh, scrimmages when I was out there on the weekend, like, with all due respect, it looked like he was maybe going about 70%. You know, he doesn't want to be, you know, running over players and whatnot. But you could just, even then, you could see he's the smartest and most complete player on the ice. You know, he's always driving the net. He's always in good position to make good plays in the neutral zone and carrying it back on the attack and whatnot. And, you know, the Giants have already talked about they might have, I think they might have up to four players that could get drafted this year too. So, you know, that's another thing to try and watch and progress as the year goes along. And, you know, Hanzek is one of their uh, European import draft picks that they're expecting a lot of from this year. So, you know, that's another thing that I'm looking forward to is just to see how those players grow as they get their feet wet in the Western Hockey League. And, you know, a European player who had so much success for them last year was Fabian Lysel. Not sure if he'll be around, you know, the opportunity is there for him with the Boston Bruins, but, you know, Hanzek is definitely going to be a player to watch this year for the Vancouver Giants. You, you you mentioned that upset, and I think that's one of the big credits to the organization. They're constantly trying to push for competition and never resign to the idea of like, hey, we're going to just do these big rebuilds or something like that. It's I, I thought that was so encouraging as a 
institution for that organization to say, this is who we are. We're always going to push it. Even if we're the underdog, we're going to compete. And that product can translate. Like to me, that win is so meaningful because it can set up things that happen in the future. And that's just it, right? You can't just have that be a one-off, right? You know, you want to sell your organization on, you know, on ice success. You want to sell the product and, what better way to sell on a success or sell the product is to have on a success. And that's what you have to try and push for going forward. And that's what's exciting about this team is that they're motivated to win. I mean, they have a man behind the bench and Michael Dick who mm-hmm. won a gold medal at the World Junior Championships a few weeks ago. So, you know, he's seen, you know, success occur at a pretty high level in junior hockey as of late. So, you know, go for it. Take a run at it. Try and build on what you had last year and then try and get better. So you talked about some of the older players, and we know what we get with them, right? Uh, Vikman's a part of that conversation as well. Some of the younger players kind of introduced themselves over the last two years, but definitely last year. Uh, Mazden Leslie is one of those players. If you had to pick one younger player to, to watch this upcoming year, is it Leslie? Is it somewhere else? Or are, are you going in a different direction? I may be going a little bit young here on this, but for me personally, I think it might be Colton Roberts on the back end. Yep. And I remember just listening to Bill and Dan O'Connor do the games last year, even though Roberts was still, you know, a raw rookie for the most part in the Western Hockey League, they're always saying, I'm always noticing Roberts. I'm always noticing Roberts. He may have had limited ice time and, you know, he's still going to be one of the younger players on the back end this year. But even in some of the scrimmages that I saw, you know, you can see the mobility that he has. You can see the vision that he has. You can see the ability to adapt and make plays and funnel pucks towards the net or just angle off bodies to you know eliminate rush opportunities. I mean, we'll see how much opportunity he's going to get throughout the course of the year. The Giants do have a number of guys returning on the back end, but one of the uh, younger, uh, younger guys to, I'm going to keep an eye on, see his progression, is definitely going to be Roberts. Uh, before they go, uh, you know, one, one of the reasons I was so happy to, to see the news yesterday, yesterday I was like, and you've kind of been at this a long time, yes. right? And, and this is a great opportunity. We're, we're all so excited for you, for, for broadcasters that uh, stick it out. There's not many that stick it out as long as you have. Do you want to say anything to, to young broadcasters coming in? Just keep going. If it's a passion for, it, for you, mm-hmm. you'll find a way to do it, right? Do it because you love it. Don't do it because you want to do it or you think you do it or you think you want to do it or – you like it, do it because you have a passion for doing it and do it because you have a passion for the sport, you know, and that's the thing that always stands out to me. It's like, you know, like the game of hockey is fun. Mm-hmm. It's far and away my favorite sport. I love watching the little details and trying to articulate that into a broadcast. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's what gets me excited. Uh, well, when people tune into Giants games, they'll be uh, hearing the voice of Eddie Gregory. Yeah, well said. And also on top of all of that, you're a guy that, you know, represents community hockey in an awesome way. So it's great to see you to, you know, have this opportunity. And I got to say this. Somebody texted this in. This isn't me, Eddie. This isn't me. <laughs> I was going to read it. I'm, I'm, I'll read it here. Webby from the WAC texting in saying, can you ask Eddie a Nylander question, please? I will not be asking him a Nylander question. We have a we have an iconic We were moment. having so much fun, boys. Oh, yeah. It's a blast. <laughs> no, hey, man. that That is one of my favorite moments of the last couple of years here on these airways. Uh, our, our fun afternoon that one time. My ankles are hurting a little bit again. I don't know why. <laughs> Let's get Eddie out of the studio before he loses on me. Uh, buddy, you're the best. Congratulations. Uh, we, you're, you're not quite out the door here. Uh, oh, no. I'm still going to be yeah. here. Still going right? to be here. But, but, but you're sticking around as well uh, for 5 o'clock with Jamie Dots. We'll let you go get ready for that show. Absolutely. Thank you very much, boys. Cheers, pal. That's Eddie Gregory, the voice 
of the Vancouver Giants. I, I was hyped to just say it. Yes. It sounds yeah. good, doesn't it? I know um, in this business, you're right. You run into a lot of people that, that grind, that work hard, and it's awesome to see somebody like Eddie who's been you know at this a long time, doing a great job at the BCHL, and now going to the WHL as well. Love it. Bick Nazar, Randy Janda, Dominic Schramati here on The People Show. We'll wrap up uh, so we get ready for NFL kickoff. I love looking at this. Look, this is just social media era, all this sort of thing. Uh, every year, they kind of update the NFL hashtags. Yes. Not for every team, but for a lot of teams. Like Some of them are historic, and they just go with it every single year. Uh, but they've made some changes to some. Are we still tightening up? No, 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 we're not. Hey! The stupidest hashtag ever, right? Progress. I, I didn't mind the tighten up, okay? Tighten Just, space up. But who says tighten up? It's like, tighten up. Maybe the fans do it. And, and you get the emoji with the swords crossing. It looked, it looked kind of cool. But I get it. But th- there's some that never change, like hashtag the bears. That's never going to change. And you nope. wouldn't want it to change. Uh, the, the, the Steelers never change theirs. Yeah, they have uh, a fight song, so... It's Here We Go. Here We Go. Skull for the Vikings. That mm-hmm. one never changes. But there's some good ones. Um, Duval. Like, I always like that one for the Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, Raider Nation's a decent one. Together Blue for the Giants. Take Flight for Dom's Jets. Take even, Flight. That's take, strong. Take Flight's been around for a while. Yeah. Yeah, and that's strong. Like, that's y- a good hashtag. Even as corny as it is, Fins Up has been around for a long time for the Dolphins. Works. Sure. So some of them are like hashtag Cowboys and the one hashtag I, Seahawks. The one I don't understand for that it should be just win, baby, for the the Raiders. Raider Nation's acceptable though. That's like they, fine. They, yes. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's actually true. Just win, baby. Just win, baby. How often do they win though? <laughs> but that's a lot like, of pressure. <laughs> I just came from Vegas. That slogan is everywhere. Okay. Maybe yeah. if they have some consistency, they can switch. I'm sure they've trademarked it. It's there. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, so, like, theirs. they can use it later on. But, like, Raider Nation is fine, too. Hashtag bolt up, right? Like, that's that's dumb. Okay, what's the stupidest one out that's there? Bolt up, really? so dumb. Bolt up? Anything the... up is dumb. For the Chargers? Bolt up? Bolt up. I'll, I'll tell you the dumbest one. All right, what do you got? And, and this is a team that I keep saying, like, this is an unserious franchise. Can we guess the team? Sure. What's yeah. the slogan? Oh, Guess the slogan or guess the team? Guess the guess the team. Okay. Do you want to take a guess? No, you have to say the slogan. Oh. No, because if I say the slogan, it, it'll narrow the gap completely. Oh, really? All right, just yeah. reveal it. Reveal. It's the yeah. Arizona Cardinals. Oh. This is an unserious franchise. We talked about them a lot when it came to the Kyler Murray thing, and the fact that homework clause thing got leaked out. Is it yeah. hashtag homework? <laughs> is it hashtag do your homework? Hashtag do your homework. <laughs> it should have been. Eat your vegetables and do your homework. Unserious franchise. Their their official hashtag is hashtag Bird City Football. That sounds like a blog. Bird City? Yeah. That's a Rain City blog. Yeah, I was going to say, I did that one before I got into sports full time. <laughs> Bird City? Bird City think, Football. Do you think Cardinals fans are like, hey guys, another day of Bird City action? At least like with Raider Nation, you're texting some friends and you're like, oh, let's yeah. go Raider Nation, just or, win, baby. Or like... The one I'd come up with is in the cards. Like, we're going to win. It's in the cards. In, like, in four seconds, Randy Janda has come up with a better slogan for the Cardinals. You got to charge commission for that to to the Bidwill family. It's out like, there hey. now. If anybody comes up with that, attribute it back to me. Because in the cards is better than Bird City football. I think the old one was like B-Red, C-Red or something like that. No, that's weak. That's weak. This, Even the Suns, like they're in the same area. They go with the Valley. Like, there are so many better things you could do. 
Okay, that's weak. I think the best one, in my opinion, is hashtag rule the jungle from the Bengals. Like, I really like yeah, that that's one. that's good. Like, hey, you're leaning into the, the animal aspect. You're prowling. You're prowling. You're in a, a pretty tough division. It used to be seize the day. Uh, I like this one because it was uh, yeah. day and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rule the jungle. That's, I like rule the jungle. That's strong, right? It's on brand. Broncos Bird, country. Bird City football makes it seem like a either like a a youth football team yes. or like a bird viewing club, like a bird watching club. The, like, what are you doing? This organization just goes to great lengths and endeavors to make everyone aware that they are an unserious organization. Bird City football. Like, do they have a marketing department? Like, what is happening? I don't know. Here? Forever NE is kind of weak too, though. Like, forever, it's, it's not great, but, you know, but Forever Twenty One. Like, it's kind of it's giving <laughs> me heavy, heavy department store vibes right now. But doesn't that feel like the Patriots brand? Just be like, oh, whatever. Like, someone went to Belichick and be like, hey, we got to get approval on this hashtag. And he said, he yeah, said like, because Bill is the one making those I'm just decisions. Saying, it, it fits the brand. On snap face. It, it fits the, on, on Snappygram. We, you know what he said? Hey, uh, Bill, what do you think of Forever NE? We're on to Miami. <laughs> We're on to Miami. We're on to Miami. Oh, Wait, man. who's the Dirty Birds? Atlanta. Atlanta. Come on. Oh, Jamal Atlanta. Anderson. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You do the whole dance. Your youth is showing, Dom. Yeah. Yeah, come on, man. Uh, Bill's Mafia, keep pounding. All great. Like, Dallas Cowboys is kind of basic, but whatever. Yeah, it's not great. Like, yeah. one pride. I was, I was trying to do the Dirty Birds dance, and I kicked out my headphones. <laughs> so why? Uh, Minnesota should be the gritty. Not no, no it's it skull. Come on, it's never going to be. Keep great. pounding could be misconstrued. It, it, it definitely often is. Yeah, that one's kind of weird. The, that one you definitely need the emoji after the hashtag. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. what are you Otherwise, referencing? <laughs> yeah. What definitely, sport are we talking about? There's definitely some, need that one. There's some lewd tweet out there with the wrong yeah. hashtag. Uh, we I always feel weird when I pick the Panthers because uh, when I tweet out Big Six, I always do the hashtags. It's like, all right, Panthers this week. Okay, we got this. Um, we got this one coming in here. Uh, Bird City Football, their name is after their state, not their city. Signed, Jake and YVR. Okay. Wait, that's even worse then. If it's the state, shouldn't it be Bird State Football? Yeah, just how about you go in a different direction? In the cards! It's finally coming around. We're going to win. Like, that should be it. It's in the cards. Oh, I get it now because it's Phoenix. is a bird. Bird City. Mm-hmm. That's weak. That's rough. That, that's what it is. That is rough. Rising from the ashes. That's terrible. Going back into the ashes, what that franchise is doing. We All should right. end on that note. Yeah, we're ending. We're ending. We're out of here. Jamie Dodd coming up here. Sportsnet today with Eddie G, Eddie Gregory. We're back at it tomorrow, 11 o'clock at the Nat. Nooner. Fired up. NFL's back today. Let's ride. Let's ride. Big six tomorrow. Confession Fridays tomorrow. And we'll get into all the NFL talk as well uh, tomorrow here on The People Show, home of the Canucks. Sportsnet 650.